When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was in Hong Kong from November 1985 to November 1988. I'd been selected for something special and um, don't expect to hear from me for a few days. I think, gosh, but what's he, what's he worried about here? What's he really feel like he's got himself into? And you're not to tell anyone. Just slipping up, just saying the wrong thing. It just could take a momentary slip of the tongue and uh, the whole thing is suddenly thrown into suspicion. And then keep it a secret. To the story Operation Clinker, something funny is going on. Catching Worms, a Hong Kong true crime podcast. Inside the cover of Operation Clinker, a book published in 2020, it is written, The story is true to the best of my knowledge and belief. It is representative of the esprit de corps and genuine endeavour of the right people to do the right thing for the right reasons. The author is Hong Kong-born Rod Mason. My father worked for the Agriculture and Fisheries Department And so I was brought up in Hong Kong, Kowloon Junior School and then Beacon Hill School. And then my folks did, I think, something that was very traditional in those days was send me off to boarding school. When I uh, finished school, I joined the Merchant Navy. I was in the Merchant Navy three years. And on one ship, I went back through Hong Kong and I called up uh, an old mate that I used to know and he joined the police. So we went out for a beer and he said, oh, you, you've got to get out here and, and join up. It's a great laugh. And I thought, well, OK. And I then got made redundant from the Merchant Navy and thought, OK, well, I know what I'll do next. I'll join the police in Hong Kong. Another character in this story is his friend, Bill Renwick. I joined the uh, Hong Kong police when I was 19. And I'd literally, the only job since leaving school I'd done, I'd worked on a, a square rigged sailing ship called the Golden Hind, uh, which is now no longer sailing, unfortunately. It's in a dry dock by Southwark uh, Cathedral in London. But uh, yeah, I'd done a, a short uh, stint there and uh, 
yeah, I had applied for the Hong Kong police and uh, to my surprise sort of got in and suddenly it all happened very quickly. So, yeah, I was a fresh-faced 19-year-old out, um, yeah, commanding a patrol launch near the Chinese border, which was uh, extraordinary. So there were two new recruits on duty in Hong Kong in the 1980s whose day-to-day duties could not be described as mundane. I can remember one of my first shifts in, in CID was a, a wounding in a school playground where um, a guy had upset somebody and about seven other people armed with beef choppers attacked him. And um, that was an eye-opener because it was very, very messy. But if events on land weren't interesting enough, Hong Kong was a port and as such had a busy marine police division. Mainly just um, going on patrol around Marine North Division. And it was mostly then anti-smuggling duties. Uh, and yeah, other things are sort of fish bombing and exercises, uh, yeah, various activities like that. But I say the majority of it was anti-smuggling. Nineteen eighties Hong Kong was booming. The city had moved seamlessly from being a manufacturing centre to a global financial hub. Its geological location meant that it was perfectly placed to trade between China, Southeast Asia and the rest of the world. And with its long coastlines, sheltered coves and numerous islands, Hong Kong was also an ideal hub for the movement of illicit goods. For centuries, Hong Kong had been a magnet for smugglers. It was the opium wars of the 1840s that had led to the creation of Hong Kong as a British colony in the first place. By the 1980s, in many ways, little had changed. Only the drug. Instead of opium, it was heroin. The majority of the world's heroin was produced in the so-called Golden Triangle, the lawless area where the borders of Thailand, Laos and Burma meet. From here, the supply route would take the drugs via Hong Kong. The first part of the journey was relatively easy. It was only 200 kilometers to the poorest Chinese border, where custom checks were minimal. Once inside China, the heroin would make its way south with little disturbance towards the Hong Kong border, where the most critical stage of the journey would begin. Smugglers would resort to a number of methods to get the drugs into Hong Kong, from human mules to the concealment in legitimate cargo, to even using high-powered, super-fast speedboats to avoid detection. But it was worth it. Once inside Hong Kong, the world's busiest port, international shipments could be used to transport the heroin to the streets of New York, LA and Sydney. It was the job of the Hong Kong Marine Police, the world's largest maritime police force, to intercept drugs and other illicit goods before they could reach their destination. So drug smuggling in this city was a big problem and demand for officers in the Narcotics Bureau was high. So Rod answered the call. Um, And I transferred to narcotics where I had responsibilities for uh, psychotropic drugs, um, which included things like cocaine, marijuana, um, mushrooms, anything of that nature. So I was interacting with a different clientele, if you like. It it wasn't all, you know, Chinese street traffickers selling heroin. Um, 
and I started doing a few fairly small scale undercover things where if we received information about somebody trying to sell drugs in a Wan Chai bar to American seamen or anything like that, I would go down and try and get somebody to sell them to me. Infamous Wan Chai, an area of bars, karaoke dens, strip clubs. It was the playground of city boys spilling out of the central business district in search of a good time. The perfect place for a Guaylo undercover officer to learn his trade. But this was fairly low-level drug dealing. Catching the ringleaders was a bigger operation, usually led by Chinese officers. But Rod was there to watch and learn. But I'd been involved in one with an American FBI agent who was Chinese and he did an undercover sting in the Holiday Inn Golden Mile where um, we seized 28 kilograms of pure heroin and arrested 11 people who had turned up to sell drugs to him. We'd um, set up the rooms with uh, video and audio so we sat in a control room and he entertained sellers in his room and then when they offered to hand over the drugs to him we arrested them and seized the drugs but it was it was very beneficial for me because i was about 20 hours of recording and i was watching how this fbi officer behaved and that i think helped me a lot when i came to me trying to do it because there there are certain things that you have to do when you're undercover um one of which is a thing called agent provocateur. You, you've got to allow the person to make an offer to you rather than you propose to him that he break the law. The job description for an undercover officer on the Police UK website is as follows. As an undercover operative, you'll be tasked with establishing and building relationships with those who have committed crimes in order to gain information during an investigation. To be successful undercover, you'll need to be able to thoroughly research the area, people and subject matter involved, attend operational briefings to identify, receive and agree objectives of the operation and carry out extensive risk assessments. Develop a robust cover story, including what you wear, to ensure your personal safety and success of the undercover activities. Form appropriate relationships with individuals involved in criminal activity to help maintain cover whilst delivering on the objectives of the investigation. Gather, corroborate and handle intelligence and evidence with transparency and integrity to support potential legal proceedings. Work effectively with the other undercover operatives and surveillance teams to ensure your own and other people's safety at all times. A key part of this role is being able to work under pressure. You need to be adaptable, developing a deep understanding of the environment you'll be entering. Problem-solving skills are essential, as well as the ability to manage and defuse difficult situations.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux. XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Rod, in developing his robust cover story as a layabout daytime drinker from the streets of Wan Chai, had to work on his appearance. People tend, and I think it's true even to today, they make um, an impression of you in about the first 30 seconds. And so if you can put them off their guard so they're not thinking short hair, clean shaven, oh, might be a policeman. So I had long hair, um, a beard, a gold hoop earring. If you were behaving in a way that didn't fit their preconception, you had a better chance of getting under their guard. But even with this new look, Hong Kong is a small place. You bump into people you know almost everywhere you go, and even more so in the 1980s, where the tight-knit expat community was less than 100,000 people. I asked Rod if he'd ever had problems keeping his two lives separate. There was a case where I was providing support for another undercover officer, and they kept moving bars in one shy, and I thought, well, I can't keep following them into the same bar So what I'll do is I'll stay in the street outside and try and look inconspicuous. 
So I nipped into a 7-Eleven and bought a few cans of beer and sat down on the pavement so that I could monitor him moving between bars. And one of my wife's friends saw me and then got in touch with the wife a few days later and said, um, is, is Rod okay? I saw him lying in the street in one shy the other day. And that took some explaining. <laughs> Often, though, Rod was passed over for some of the more exciting ops. He couldn't fade into the background amongst a local triad gang or a backstreet gambling ring. As a bearded Westerner, he didn't quite have the right look. That was until Operation Clinker fell on his desk. I was I was at work, working away. It was um, early in August 1988. And um, my line manager, who was the chief inspector, he came to my office door and he said, um, Rod, you're merchant navy stuff. Do you ever do any sailing? And I said, yeah. And he said, what sort of stuff did you do? So I reeled off a list of my kind of merchant navy qualifications which were you know certificate of competency in navigation efficient deckhand ticket lifeboatman ticket uh, radar observers electronic navigation aids all these things and he said yeah that'll do right my office so i followed him to his office and he said right we've just been informed by the australian federal police that somebody's approached them in the uh, you in the Australian embassy in Manila to say that he's been um, told to buy a yacht and to bring it to Hong Kong from the Philippines to load an unspecified cargo and then to sail it down to Australia. And I said, right. He said, right, so what we're going to try and do is prevent him from leaving Hong Kong after he's loaded whatever the cargo is. So we will direct him to recruit a European crew and we'd like you to be one of the members of the crew. Are you up for it? And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a brilliant idea. Because most of the major undercovers that were going on in those days involved supply syndicates or distribution syndicates and any undercover officer had to be an ethnic Chinese officer to be able to fit in. So this was a first where they were actually positively looking for a European. And not just one European. They needed a crew. Rod needed a few mates on his side. I met Rod fairly early on because I got involved in rugby uh, where was I? So I joined in November. So yeah, you know, rugby season was underway, and uh, very quickly got involved in the Hong Kong Police team, and yeah, met Rod through that. So I then um, approached a mate of mine who was um, in the Marine Police, but who played rugby for the police. Was the police number eight, big fellow whose name was Bill Rennock. My parents actually lived in Hong Kong and uh, they'd got into the sort of sailing scene and they were doing racing out of Aberdeen Boat Club and uh, and I used to go along and race with them quite a bit. We did a few uh, South China Sea races. So Rod, I think, somehow knew that. And Bill occasionally at rugby would talk about how he, you know, had a really hard day sitting on dad's yacht doing a bit of sailing. So I asked Bill if he was interested. And uh, when he was looking for... Uh, potential undercover agents who could pose as people who knew a bit, you know, a bit about sailing. 
and were, would be the sort of person to apply for a role of crew on this this yacht going to Australia. Um, I think he, he thought of me. So, yeah, he gave me a call and said, look, I've got, I can't tell you much about it. I've got this um, big operation coming up, though. We need some undercover agents. Uh, is it something you'd be interested in? And he said, yes. I think one of the benefits of being so young at the time was I was also incredibly sort of foolish and uh, didn't really think it through. And I just, to me, it just sounded very exciting. I think my immediate reaction was just, you know, slightly sort of surprised that he'd asked me because I had no undercover experience and uh, hadn't worked for Narcotics Bureau. But then being quite uh, excited at being uh, the prospect, being involved in something that, you know, sounded like a big operation. A big operation, which meant that the crew would need to be able to keep their cover stories intact. This wasn't just one night at a noisy bar in Wan Chai convincing a dealer to sell you a packet of coke. This operation had huge potential, as well as potential risk if they were discovered. Next time on Catching Worms. million things that could have gone wrong. We became more and more convinced that they were attempting um, an export of heroin from Hong Kong. 43 kilograms of number one heroin on there, there was a lot of street value to, to go missing. The main bad guy, Roberto Baptista, and he announced that it was for his protection or for sticking people. Then it started to get really very, very, very weird. This has been a Create podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It helps others to find us. You can follow us on Instagram at CatchingWormsHK. With special thanks to Rod Mason, author of Operation Clinker, published by Austin McCauley, and Bill Renwick. And thank you for listening. Catching worms. Jok chong. This term means to get yourself into trouble, causing unnecessary difficulties. It may seem like an odd phrase, but this slang is often used as an abbreviation of the full saying Jok Chong Yap Si Fat. That involves putting said worms up your rear end, which to anyone's imagination definitely spells trouble indeed. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.